What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Box. Um, we're going to start this episode on kind of a, uh, a somber note. Um, earlier this week, former E.O. Smith Tallinn uh, player Nick Mayer uh, died. He was a uh, 2017 grad of Tallinn. Uh, it was the, uh, he was on the 2015 D3 All-State Championship team. Um, that was the uh, Bucks program. Uh, he was 19 years old, and uh, you know we just wanted to send our thoughts to the E.O. Smith and Tallinn uh, programs and schools, and you know that's never easy. Absolutely, Pete. That's uh, very, very sad, and you know our condolences to the family and uh, and and to the you know his teammates and friends and and everybody associated with that uh, program. You know, I remember covering those. Uh, those teams, 2014, they were you know they were a really good team. In 2015, uh, they're pretty much wire to wire the best uh, team in D3. They were a lot of fun to watch, and you know just uh, like you say, you know all our thoughts are with them. Yeah, um, we saw a bunch of tweets. Um, I think the other night, um, the now EO Smith program they wore the old Bucks jerseys. Are that correct? I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I believe that. That's uh, pretty cool. That, that, that is nice. That's pretty and cool. And had his, uh, had his uh, number 20 jersey hanging in the arena as well. Well, much, uh, a lot of heavy hearts, and uh, all our thoughts are with the E.O. Smith and Tallinn uh, hockey families. You know, hockey is a close-knit family community. We talked about it on one of the earlier episodes this year, and uh, it was really nice to see the outpouring support that they got from, you know, hockey communities and hockey teams around the state. So, uh you know, thoughts are with the families and the programs. Welcome back. Uh, Pete Pugaga here with Mike Fornabio for another episode of inside the box we got a pretty packed episode this week uh we have an interview with hamden high coach todd hall uh he sat down with me last week before their game against ridgefield it was supposed to be a 10 minute interview it went a little bit longer but uh if you know todd it was pretty awesome to get to talk to him about his career which you know, i don't want to spoil the interview but his career spanned it from hamden high he played in the world juniors twice he played for b bc uh new hampshire uh, he was drafted, you know, by the Whalers, and then moved to Carolina. Then he, you know, he gets to play uh, for the Wolfpack and, you know, win a Calder Cup, and now he's back. And I don't want to spoil it, but it was really cool interview, really awesome to get to sit down with a guy like that. So we have that coming up. But before we jump in, there's a couple things we want to touch on from earlier this week. And, Mike, this is a question that I had had and I had, I had put on the Twitter sphere and I uh, got some really interesting reactions. So I was at the, I was up in Simsbury, and I'm at the Northwest versus Northwest Catholic versus Glastonbury game up at the International Skating Center of America or whatever the heck they call it up there. Oh it's such a long name, and uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, but, and I've noticed this before. It just, it was one time it just kind of not bothered me, but I was like, why? Uh, Northwest Catholic was they were preparing for the second period and three goalies are in the net stretching warming up you know the whole thing and uh i thought to myself i'm like why why do they 
why do they, and not just Northwest Catholic, but why do teams in general feel the need that they should dress three or four goalies? Because then I put it on Twitter, and I was like, is it, am I the only one who thinks this is a little bizarre? Um, do you want, like, a waiver draft? Do you want them to, like, lend someone to hand or something? No, like I'm that? just like, saying it's like, I don't know. I, I just think that it's, one, I think it's a kind of a waste of space on the bench. Um, two... You're not going to play if you're the backup goalie unless there's an injury or your or your starter's not playing well. What what what's the chances that the third goalie plays? Let alone a fourth goalie. I had people tweeting at me that they were on teams that dressed four goalies. Now, that's just a logical standpoint. From a hockey standpoint, and you've covered you know professional hockey for a very long time, and I had a couple of years interning in that kind of, you know, element where we're in the press box a lot. And when they bring kids up or they move kids up to the NHL or they, you know, want to give them a rest, they put them upstairs. They let them watch the game. And, like, I don't know, I always felt like you saw the game better and you learned more by watching than you did by sitting on the bench and opening up the door. It's possible. I mean, you dress three goals in college too, don't you? I can. I think, I think you do. I believe that's but, true. But besides that, I I don't know. I mean, I, I am I the only? You, am I just being crazy? I don't know because you know you, in you know in pro hockey you got your you got your twenty men yeah the twenty men dress you know you got your backup goalie who's got to dress because he's got to be ready to go and you know you, you're playing most of your eighteen skaters you know yeah. in, in a you know at lower level D you know. You might not always. I mean, you you still want those guys with your team. You know, they're still part of your team. I mean, obviously, there's you know, there's a limit in, in high school as well. You can only dress so many. But well, I'm so I, I like the hot take, but I'm not sure how. I, I don't know if it's a hot take. I don't know how. Ho- it. I don't know how hot it is, or it was just something that was really interesting to me. So I put it out on Twitter. I was like, does anybody know the rule? Like, I, I originally I was like, what's the rule? And so Marty. Uh, Tan- Tangretti, he's a referee, uh, big on Twitter. Uh, you should go follow him at Whistle057. Um, he just started following me, so I guess we're best friends now. Um, so he, he uh, Luke DeVoe over at CTHS Hockey, tweeted me. He's like, I don't know what the rule is. Like, it'd be really interesting. So he tags Marty. So Marty, who was, <laughs> who was actually refing the East Haven game. <laughs> At the time, someone took a picture and was like, he's a little busy, he can't answer now. <laughs> and uh, so he got back to us late that night, and he's like, hey, he's like, Federation rules, uh, maximum of 20 players, no limit of goalies. CIAC modified that rule that it's 23 total, no limit on goaltenders. 23 total. And then someone tweeted at me that Bolton once dressed five goalies. Hmm. Which I'm trying to think. I remember a game... <laughs> I'm going back like almost 20 years now where I think it was New Canaan had too many guys dressed and it like th- three or four goal and it was probably like 24 guys they got a penalty for it and then like, here, in the here. second period they caught it it was pretty funny here. but but yeah that's interesting 20, 23 no limit on goalies so you can I see that see, and that's kind of now where that would be great I mean if you had like 12 skaters and you got like a couple extra goalies you dress like seven goalies or something. yeah I mean I guess you technically can like I'm going to be honest with you getting dressed to play hockey is like it's a process, you sure. know. Getting dressed to play goalie in hockey no. is even a bigger process. I smell feature here, actually. My my, it's, it's, look, as someone who didn't play that much when he was playing high school hockey, but at least you got on the ice, you got like a shift or two. Maybe if your team was blowing him out, you 
you know, you got you got a couple more shifts, you got a couple more minutes. What are you doing dressing a third or fourth goalie and be like, look, you're not even going to be able to take shots during warm-ups? What's the point? I almost feel like we should ask some of these kids now. I know. Well, some kid actually hey, tweeted at me. This kid tweeted at me. I, I, I couldn't tell you what school he was from. Um, it, he goes to Fordham now. His name's Matt Palmer. He's like, I like it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had a high school hockey career. <laughs> so, like, I get it. I believe he went to East Haven, according to his photo. But I get it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that kids shouldn't play or this and this. But I'm just asking, like, what's the benefit of playing, of dressing three, four, or even five goalies? That's kind of crazy. I get it. But at the same time, I mean, you know, if, if you're – if you're playing, if you're part of the team, and you can, you know, and there's no, you know, there's no limit, you know, there's no roster pressure saying that, you know, well, somebody's got to sit tonight. Why not dress? I don't know. If I was the kid, I'd kind of be like, well, I'm getting, it's going to take me half an hour to put all these pads on. I'm going to smell terrible, and I'm not even going to be able to skate. I get that, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. It was just such a bizarre scene to see, and I've seen it so many times that I never never really registered. But, like, I don't think three is that bad. But when I have people e- tweeting at me saying that they've seen teams with four, that's a little weird. Like, I, I, a friend of mine, Joe Boyle, uh, used to be the freelancer at the Record Journal. Now he's doing his thing up in Troy. Uh, good friend of the program. Joe's awesome. He's like, did I ever tell you about the tweet? And he's like, did I ever tell you the time when Sheen dressed – eight skaters and three goalies and it's like okay well at what point do you say hey man we're gonna need you to play defense right (laughs) we're gonna need that ninth (laughs) skater (laughs) are you serious like that that it just kind of is weird in that sense where it's like one it looks different but that's fine but i'm just like trying to think like what's the benefit like you know have maybe have them sit in the stands or in one of those rooms up top in the rink and watch the game I mean, you can do so much by just sitting and watching. You can learn so much by just sitting and watching as opposed to sitting on the bench and making sure the door's opened at the right time. But, look, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out or anything like that. It was just something so bizarre. It is pretty interesting. That I, like, put it out on Twitter, and I got such a, a weird – I got a weird mix of responses. Basically, some people were like, you know, I wouldn't have had a career if I didn't. And someone's like, oh, they need to open up the doors. Some people are like, why do you care? And – some people were like, oh, they were giving me examples. So it was actually a really interesting conversation, mm-hmm. and I would actually love to talk to some coaches about it, uh, probably more off the record than anything. But it's just something that always just was like, now that I start to think about it, I'm like, you really need three? Like, when are you going to need three goalies? Probably, well, probably not. Yeah. That would be. That would be awful. You, know, you don't want to wish it on anybody. But yeah. It would be wild if you saw it. You know, if you um, were a third goalie in a game, Someone reach out to me and let me know when three goals were used in a game. I have like a really vague recollection of some team doing it, just like a blowout win, senior day yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a little different um, than a game in January. I tell you for sure, it's really vague. Yeah, um, oh, I don't want to go like too much into it, and granted, <laughs> too much more into it than we already have. What time is it? But uh, I know, right? We feel like we've been talking. Anyway, so I just thought it was really interesting. I wanted to point it out, and uh, I'm sure people are going to get mad at me because people were mad at me that I even part. asked the question. Yes, I know it's the fun part, but I, like people were like mad that I even asked the question. I was like, I just don't get it. But um, so that's that. That was uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that game. But 
Before we do, uh, we're not going to hold it off anymore. We're going to throw it over to my interview with uh, Hamden High coach Todd Hall. Uh, luckily, we interviewed him before the game against Richfield. <laughs> but, no, nah, I kid. But t- Todd was awesome, and uh, hope you enjoy. Check it out. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. Uh, Pete Pagwaga here with uh, Hamden head coach Todd Hall. Uh, you're sitting in your in your coach's room uh, in the locker room, but you've been a part of this program now for over 20 years, right? As a player, an assistant coach, and now head coach. Correct. Yeah, 17 years. My 17th season uh, as a coach, and I played here three years when I was in high school. You played. What years did you play uh, when you were in high school? 89 through 91. So that was your freshman to junior. Year? Sophomore. Oh, okay. Uh, junior, senior, right? There was a small group that didn't try out freshman year. We thought we wouldn't make it, or we thought another year would help us out. And we were part of a team that just kind of was made up. It was your your triple A team before they had triple A teams locally. Okay. Um, so there were there were like four or five of us that chose to play for that team, play eighty to one hundred games, and then come back. So oh, wow. that's that's a lot more than yeah. you probably get your freshman year. Yeah. Uh, what is it about this program that just made you want to be a part of it for so long? Again, you played here, but then you, uh, you know, you you left. You played in college. You played in the pros, and then you came back. Like, what made you want to come back and, and stay connected to this program? I always had a feeling that I would end up back here in some capacity. Uh, the the funny story is the day I stopped playing pro, pro hockey, or the day after, I should say, I ran into Billy Benares. Billy was my assistant coach in high school. I happened to see him at Dunkin' Donuts, and he said, hey, what's going on? You know, and I told him what the story was, and he said, hey, listen, if you got free time, come down and volunteer, help out, whatever. And that was 17 years ago, and I haven't stopped <laughs> since. How did playing at Hamden help you on your journey to play at Boston College and then play in the AHL? You played in the World Juniors. I mean, how did play, I mean that's an outstanding career. And how did playing at Hamden help you or prepare you for that? Specifically, when I was in high school, we had a, a former Division One college coach as, as the coach, Dick Agliardi, coached at Yale. Um, he played at Hamden, played at Boston College, so he was a Division One player, Division One coach. And for me, like I just felt, and I've been taught that you get out of something what you put into it. And with Coach Agliardi here, you know kind of giving us Division One practice type practices or um, whatever the, the, his experience has brought, brought him. He just sent it down to us. And so, you know, for me it was kind of easy because I got work every single day. I learned something new every single day in practice. And it just continued to build and build and build where, you know, the prep school option was there. I'm more of a homebody, to be honest with you. So I just felt with with me like being with my friends and getting a lot out of my experience at, at, at Hamlet High School, it was just easy for me to stay here and continue to get better. Yeah, um, so you've played you know, all over, like you said, you won a Calder Cup, if I'm correct. correct. You played for a national power program. Uh, did you guys win a national championship in your BC? No, no. I went to BC for two years, okay. and then I finished up at University of New Hampshire. Okay. So I ended up transferring over there uh, and, and playing there, which not, nothing against BC, it was just, you know, it wasn't a great fit, and ending up at UNH for the last two years was, was a, a really Still a Division One yes, program yes. that competes for national championships. Correct, correct. 
Uh, and you, so you, you basically played for like a premier high school program, two premier college programs. You played at the World Juniors for the United States, and you played and won a Calder Cup. Where does all, where does playing at Hamden and playing high school hockey kind of rank in, in where you where what you've what you've done in your career? They always say, don't forget where you came from. You know what I mean. So this story is this, or this school, this program is a story has a storied history since 1936. You know there are plenty of guys before me that went on to play. Uh, Bob McVeigh from Hamden ended up playing in the 1960 winning a gold medal uh, in the Olympics. Uh, plenty of guys went on to play Division One hockey. Uh, there are guys that either graduated here or just prior to their graduation left, you know, did the prep school route. But, again, from Hamden, from the youth hockey program, because back then, Hamden Youth Hockey was a closed program, just like every other one. Yeah. And if you were from that town, that's who you played for. So it, it, the tradition from, from the early, you know, 19, uh, 1900s was just, it's just, it was built, and it really just... I mean, it may it makes people what they are. It made me who I was, no doubt, just yeah. with the experience. Now, I, with Co Coach Gagliardi was our head coach, but we had Mike Katz, uh, who was in pumping iron for a bodybuilder, <laughs> Mr. Olympia. I, I can't remember exactly what his titles were, but I mean, that was another element yeah. that that added to this program. You know, not everybody when that, when people and everybody knows pumping iron, and yeah. they know pumping iron from Arnold, but they know Mike Katz. So yeah. I'm like. Yeah, Coach Katz was. You know, they're like, "What do you What do you mean?" Your, he played high school at Hamden, or he played hockey at Hamden, played football at Hamden, went on to play for the Jets. So all of that experience really just made it. I mean, that much more special. <laughs> so you were an assistant coach after you retired, and that's you know a lot of former players will do that. They'll go just stay connected with the game. When did you kind of realize that maybe you wanted to run a program and take on all those extra responsibilities, like talking to the media I, I, and dealing I'm with still the administration? Not sure I want to do that. <laughs> in my fourth year, um, no. But it was. I, I enjoyed my role as an assistant coach, um, obviously because of work. This is, it's not easy to, to be able to commit to this. Yeah. Because I mean, we price two thirty to three thirty. If you have a regular day job, you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, you know, being a fireman and having a little, not 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 leeway in my schedule, but we work twice every eight days. Yeah. I can get guys who are really good about swapping, so they'll cover my shift. I'll cover theirs when I'm available and through vacation, things like that. I'm able to be here, um, but it's still difficult. I have two little girls. They both play hockey. So I had a 7 o'clock game this morning. I had an uh, 11.40 game now with my other daughter, 1 o'clock game. My daughter has a second game at Quinnipiac, before the Quinnipiac game, and then the whole team's going to the game tonight. So my Saturday was from 7 a.m. I was up at 5.30, but <laughs> until I get home and finish watching yeah. the, the championship for the World Junior. That should uh, be good. Junior. So it's, it's – but having said all that, at some point and, – and, you know, Billy Veneris was here for 13 years yep. prior to me getting here, and then he did 13 years as a head coach, and he just felt it was time for him to go. And he and I had conversations about it. I felt I was ready mentally and, and, and everything else, but at the same time, I just needed to make sure that through work, through home, through yeah. everything else, had to work with it. I wouldn't say it exactly works, <laughs> works well, but um, it, it does work. I don't think anyone's work schedule is perfect because I yeah. run around constantly, yeah. but... What has been, I guess, your favorite part of the last four years? Because you guys have had deep runs, you know, maybe some early exits, but it always feels like Hamden is in the mix. 
every single season. And, and here, here's the thing, and I don't want I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but none of that means anything to me. It doesn't, and I and I don't. It does hockey wise, but this is more about these kids being becoming like good citizens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Learning lessons through this game. Some kids may move on. Some kids might not. I'm mean, just statistically speaking. Yeah. I'm not even talking my my these. Oh yeah, no, no. Kids, the, the, to go from high school to play college sports is, is such a big jump. And then even to yeah. go above that. Now, granted, there are places you can play, and, and don't forget Division One, Three, yep. Club, yep. Which, whatever it is. It's still hockey. Men's hockey. I still I mean, play I'm Tier Four B, man. Of course you do. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's what this what this game is about. Um, but. Having said that, I, I appreciate you know the wins, but our whole thing is come. To, I want these kids to come to practice, come to a game excited, loving the game, loving what we're doing out here. I don't want it to be a chore. I don't want them to be like, oh, here we go again. So, you know, that's part of my thing was was to not have the same, you know, run through the same drills all the time. Do the I, I like to challenge them a little bit, a couple of different types of drills, and they might not even realize. Exactly what they're working on, but if it's a guy, uh, pull some crazy things off of YouTube or <laughs> you know, but it's really cool stuff. Yeah, and it's fun. It's challenging, but at the same time, they're actually you know learning a basic skill. Which anything you do, it comes down to knowing the basics. Oh, absolutely. You know I what mean, I mean? It, I mean, look, I, I started playing hockey when I was 13. It was the first time I put on skates. It was really behind. I was going to a new high school and I said, yeah, let me try hockey. It'll just be like, you know, picking up another sport. It's not. No, not quite. No, no, absolutely not. I am a million times better of a skater now at 28 than I yeah, ever was, third, than I ever was in high school. But just, it's just playing this game, skating is just something. It's just different than every other sport. And, it is. You know, I just learning how to ice skate was probably the greatest thing I've ever learned by in any sport that I ever played. It's just such a a amazing game. When did you start playing hockey? Like, were you like I, I, really little? No, I actually was. I was late as well. I was about. I was. I think I was just about eight. Wow. And, and there was no interest by me whatsoever. I wasn't. I never begged my parents to play hockey. I got my mother's from Nova Scotia, Canada. My father's from Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, so like we, football and hockey, like right there, right? It, which, which <laughs> you're right. But my mother doesn't. Not that she doesn't like. Sports. She doesn't like violent sports, yeah. and she puts my mom used to sit and, in the car during yes, games. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, my father was working with uh, a, a guy just at work, and he was a coach for a clinic in Cheshire. His son and I were the same age. So the guy said to my father one day, "Either you're uh, at the time there were three of us. I'm one of six kids, but at that particular time it was my older brother, me, and my my younger sister." And he said, "Either your boys want to come out and play hockey." My brother's a year and a half older than I am. He said no. I figured, well, yeah, sure, why not? And that was, that was it. It was in the old Cheshire rink. And this is according to my mother because I don't. Quite, I remember skating there, but I don't remember exactly what happened. Yeah. My mother said I'd been on the ice once before, maybe a pond hockey somewhere or, or pond skating somewhere. Uh, but she said they gave me the chair, and I lasted about a half a lap with the chair, pushed it to the boards, and then just skated on my own from that day and so again i i don't know i and i just fell in love with it yeah you know it wasn't hockey but it was hockey but i mean that's not what we were playing yeah it was, it was just the skating, just skating. The, the, you know the equipment i guess the 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 atmosphere whatever it was just drew me in right away yeah absolutely uh it's quite the I, it's my favorite course i think it's the most beautiful you know you come down to the range just it's got this whole atmosphere 
Now, you know, we talked about the World Juniors a little bit. Uh, what? That's probably – I know it's a lot of hockey fans' favorite tournaments. It's, it's one of mine. I think every year when the World Juniors is on, you get to watch these kids and play at such a high level and play for the country, that whole – and I think sometimes it might be even better than the Olympics, better than the last Olympics, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> but what did you take away from playing in that tournament? Not only once, but you played twice. I played twice. Well, I was part of um, USA Hockey for, for a number of years. So it started at select 16s. Um, there was a tryout in – Colorado Springs, I think they call it U16 or U17 yep. or whatever it is now, but it was Select 16 back when I played. All the best 16-year-old kids in the country got invited, and they picked a team from there. So I was fortunate. I made Select 16s, I made Select 17s, and then we had a, a short Select 18, like a mini tournament. You know, But even when I was 16, we played in the SO Cup in Canada, uh, which broke up Canada into different, um, uh, different sections. So there was a Pacific Canada, there was Atlantic, there was... Uh, Team Ontario, Team Quebec, but then there were European teams as well. Yeah. Um, but in, in those tournaments, you had Peter Forsberg, Marcus Nasland, um, <laughs> Alexei Kovalev, all these guys were part of that same team, yeah. all the same age, and they played in all that. So here, I, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm from a small town of Hamden. Yeah. Sorry. You know, being part of this <laughs> yeah. um, program, and it was it was phenomenal. Like, and, you know, again, that's that's a lot of my hockey experience, hockey whatever you want to call it, knowledge or whatever. I mean, you learn the game a lot by playing in the yeah. with, with, certainly with that caliber of player and then against that caliber of player. So, you know, it, it, it was amazing. And then obviously you're talking about the, the coaches involved with that. Yeah. Because, you know, these are, they don't pick from, you know, I mean, the parents yeah, sitting on the side. You know what exactly, I mean? yeah. They're, they're, they're bringing in experienced coaches from, you know, Adina High School in Minnesota, which is, you know, yeah. year after year. Uh, state championship. There were guys from all over the country. Uh, Keith Lane was one of my assistant coaches at uh, the World Juniors. He's yep. coach Yale. So mm-hmm. um, I, I just all of those things, you know, just certainly made me a way better player, maybe more knowledgeable about the game, about the game itself in all aspects. Of yeah. It. And then you obviously you got to play for the Wolfpack in Hartford. Right. How is it playing in your home state at a professional well, level, and you get to play in Can- in, in, Canada, in Connecticut? Not really. We did, we did win a bronze medal in the World Juniors, oh, by the way. Sorry. Just, no, just, that's just what, so wait, where do you, so really where do you cool. keep that? Do you wear it? I, well, I would wear it all the time. It's Again, I don't mean to be morbid, but my sister was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver um, 22 years ago now. So I ended up putting that in the cast. And oh, they just okay. said they wanted something special. And that yeah, meant no, a lot that's, to me. Absolutely. So that's, that's, that's where it is. But it's always oh, with me. You know yeah, I mean? no, absolutely. So, I mean, that's an unbelievable yeah. experience and then you get to go play, and you win the Calder Cup in your home state with the Hartford Wolfpack. So, and that was the other thing. I was originally drafted by the Whalers. Never. That's wild. Out. I mean, just I, I, being I never, from Hamden, and, and again, I thought it was. I thought it would be a kind of a storybook ending. Yeah. But management. Once I got drafted, between the time I got drafted and the time I came out of college, management changed with yep. Hartford, and the new management came in having no plans on keeping. The team in Hartford. Yeah. So that hometown, home thing. Went right out the window. Went right out the window. <laughs> they ended up moving to um, Carolina. But I, I, could, I didn't sign with them. Um, we couldn't agree to anything. Yep. They agreed to release me. So I ended up signing as a free agent with the Rangers. Played one year in Binghamton, New York. Yep. That was their farm team. The next year, the Whalers moved down to North Carolina. And then the Rangers said, we're going to take our, yep. our whole franchise. We're going to move them to Hartford. So... You know, and for me, a guy, I knew at that time I wasn't going to be the NHL, you know, 
ten-year uh, veteran. <laughs> Not that I wasn't going to be, but you, you tend to see what your chances are. Um, I was with an organization that didn't draft me originally. There's nobody necessarily up in the brass that's saying, "Hey, let's yeah. let's give this kid give this kid a shot." And that's not me whining. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it but is it's, what it is. Yeah, it's it actually it's, it's what happened. Yeah. And yes. So I'm thinking at that particular time, and I I had had a, a I signed a one year deal with with the Rangers with an, with their option for the second year. So here I am thinking, okay, we're going back to my home state, but. Even before that, I'm like, listen, they're either not going to move to Hartford and they'll resign me, or they're going to move to Hartford and they're not going to resign me. So <laughs> I feel a little pessimistic, but it ended up working out where, you know, they moved the franchise to, to Hartford and they resigned me, and I ended up staying and spending another four years there. So, and we won the Calder Cup in 2000, which was, a, a, you know, for, for me that that was statistically that was my best year, um, and, and it was the year I actually got a chance to. to be part of that, you know yeah. what I mean? It was, and it was the, the head coach John Paddock at the time, who I think you know, and, and he and I had conversations about this. But you know, it's a minor league system. You're you're being told, and, and again, it's the business side of it. Yeah. Where I, it, this is my take on it. That John Paddock at one point said, "I don't care about the business side. If I'm here, we're going to win games." And he trusted me enough, or, or thought my play was. You know, good enough to be involved. So, I mean, that year I played forward, I played defense, uh, all situations, four on four. I, I was, you know, power play at times, yeah. and, and and it continued on through the playoffs. And you know, listen, I was a very small part of that, <laughs> but but because we had some phenomenal players, we had great goaltending, but just to be part of that and to actually like be part of it, you know, so it was it was a phenomenal experience. Absolutely. Phenomenal. And then- then you come back, you coach, now you're the head coach. What, what's the, what is something that people might not know about this group that you have right now? You know, give us a little like lowdown on the 2018, 2019 Hamden Green Dragons. Uh, okay. Here's listen. We have a good group of guys, and again, that's my major concern. Is yes, how these these guys as as people. Um, and we have a really good group. We're, we're a very close-knit family, but just like, and this was my message to them and even to the parents before, I said, just like every family, I said, we are dysfunctional. <laughs> and I said, if you don't think you're part of a dis- dysfunctional family, you're, you're mistaken. Yeah. Because every family, I don't care, I think my family's normal. Guess what? <laughs> if I take a step back and you really think about what's going on, there's some degree of dysfunction. Yeah. I said, we are going to go floor ups. We're, I said, we're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. We're going to get mad at each other. We're going to, we might even get physical with not, not, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's, it's hockey. It's hockey. Yeah. yeah. So, but through that, you know, I think this, this group right now, no matter what the situation was, we, we got lost to Notre Dame in overtime, which we gave that game away. There wasn't a negative. We were mad. Don't get me wrong. We were mad. We don't, nobody likes losing games, but there was not a negative thing thrown at anybody else yeah. um, up in that tournament against Rhode Island part of it was we thought we were going to win that game before we even stepped out there where yeah. you know we won two games already and we lost yeah. there was still not a negative thing said so what what I think what's good about these kids is not that they have a short-term memory so much is that you know we always tell them you know never too high never too low yeah 
So I don't care if we're – it was, was don't don't celebrate like you won the Stanley Cup. It's a goal. Get back in <laughs> line. Now let's do it again. Yeah. And if, if against again, like Notre Dame, we lost. Let's not get too low. Let's let's try to, you yeah. know, those peaks and valleys, let's try to minimize them on both ends. And let's just we, – we need to focus on what we're doing here. And this group has really, really grasped that so far. And one last question, just, you know, we talked about the – the, the legacy of this program, and, and you've been a part of it a long time. I haven't, I've mentioned to you, my roommate college from Hamden, I've gotten to see it firsthand, now I get to cover it. It seems like this is one of the, it's probably the most successful high school program in state history, just straight high school. But what does it mean to be a part of this program and this legacy of this school? Like if you're a kid who never played or you're a star player, I mean, what does it mean to be a Green Dragon? You know, it's 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 funny because I think you just come to a game. You know what I mean? Every 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 uh, visiting team that comes in here, I always talk with the coach. They think it's unbelievable the amount of alumni that come back to this to watch games yep. regularly, and not just from recent teams. You're talking about guys from the '50s, guys from the '60s, guys from the '70s. They're all here watching the games, and it's not mom and dad that are here. For these kids, it's mom, dad, it's uncles, it's grandparents, it's you know nieces and nephews or cousins or whatever it is. I mean, this whole hockey community is is really like there there aren't many like it around here. Yeah. Um, you know, just in my experience, and and I think that's what you get when you come here. That's a feeling that you get when you come here, and and so you know, what's it mean to be a Green Dragon? I, I, again, I can tell you what it means to me. But you can get an idea of what it means to everybody in this community. I mean, that's we're we're, we're literally, you know, we, we again we stress to these kids: you are part of this team and this program. But this it reaches way further yeah. than just this locker room, Absolutely. just this rink. I said the people that you don't realize who comes through this door just to watch you guys play, and at the same time they're also evaluating you in some way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mind you, you know. Mind your manners, things like that. You never know who's watching, but I mean, it really is. It, it's such a again the tradition from 1936 until now, and and you're only talking five head coaches. Yeah. In that in that long of a history. That's wild. It is wild to think about it, and um, you know, and I think if a number of those guys could have stayed longer, they probably would have. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just it's hard to explain. Unless you actually experience it. Yeah, and, and once you do, you get it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your time, Coach. I really do appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you again to Hamden High Coach Todd Hall. Uh, that was a fun interview. Um, just getting to talk hockey with a guy like that who has so much experience and knowledge around the game is uh, pretty incredible. Not bad for a kid from Hamden, Connecticut, right? No. Uh, Todd's uh, he's a good dude to talk to. Uh, always fun, whether they win or lose. You know, he's uh, he's always very truthful, and I think that that's pretty awesome about him. And great insight, obviously, with that career. Yeah, I mean, it was actually fun. We did the interview Friday, Saturday before the game against Richfield, like I mentioned. That night, USA played in the World Junior Championship, so we actually talked World Juniors in the interview, obviously. But it was just really cool to talk to a guy who played in those tournaments, like the World Juniors might be my favorite tournament to watch every year. Uh, obviously, the Olympics are every four years, and the last Olympics was just, I, I'm going to pretend like it didn't even happen. Um, 
But like the World Juniors is something I get up for like every year, you know, seeing like proud again, I'm a big Islander fan. You guys know my covers of Sound Tigers. So we have a lot of um crossover in terms of Islander guys that way. But I mean I always love watching like, you know, the guys that you know, Kiefer Bellows the last yeah. two years at the World Juniors has been absolutely was absolutely amazing for USA. So it's always nice to see those kids and then you got to see like a guy like Jack Hughes play this year. Obviously didn't play as much as he, he wanted to, but it's always good to see these great Play, you know, these kids who go on to be unbelievable players. It was weird when Jack Hughes is there and he's like 17. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember watching John Tavares and he was 17 because I was 17. And now I'm 28 and Jack Hughes is 17 and he looks like a baby. But true. I love how much, I love how much, you know, the attention to that tournament's grown in this country. The last 15, 20 years. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, obviously the national team development program, how much that has, uh, you know, has, has 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 provided that much success for the United States in that tournament in the last 15, 20 years. It's yeah, fantastic. I know. I, I'm going to lie. a lot of fun. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that they lost, but mm. uh, obviously. I but, mean, uh, I mean, even. Medals in four it, in a row, man. <laughs> yeah, two, was it two years in a row? They were down by three, tied it, and then won a new shootout against Canada. I think it was two years ago. Two, yeah, two tournaments ago, so maybe three now mm. officially. Uh, who is the guy for the Bruins? Anyway, that was, I remember watching that game at, uh, Odie's in Hamden, right. and uh, that was like our go-to spot because they have the big projector that they put it on, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember just going wild, and everyone's just looking at me. They're like, who cares? It's like me and my buddy, Tom, and we're like high-fiving, we're going nuts. And everyone's like, this isn't the Olympics, who cares? And it's like, this is better than the Olympics. So anyway, thanks to Todd for for joining us. Um, I don't know who we're going to have on next week. Uh, I've still got to kind of try and figure that out, but uh, two guests in a row, so I think we're hitting a I like it. Yeah, we're hitting our, hitting our strut. Um, speaking, going back to speaking, so I was at the Northwest Catholic Glastonbury game. I went to do a story on Northwest Catholic. Please check it out on Game Time CT if you haven't already. Um, you know, this is, a t- this is a team, this is a program that, even though they went to the finals two years ago, there's still, there's still that stereotype against them that, um, that was weird. Um, stereotype against them that they're not, they can't compete with the big boys and the SEC and the FCAC, the other, you know, Division One opponents, because they play up, they play their CCC schedule, it's not that strong, and uh, they went out, they beat New Canaan, so I was like, you know, let me go do a story on them, they're playing Notre Dame West Haven on Saturday, then they got Greenwich, and now after last night, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen in, that, in those games, but... Um, so I went up, I was like, oh, let me go see them. Let me talk to the boys. And they were awesome. They were so into it. They're nice. like, they're like, you know, we, this, that, the other thing. Like, you know, they were like, you know, maybe we're a little disrespected, this and this. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I was like, you know what? I drove all the way up to Cinderella. I was like, let me take some photos. I'll do a gallery. I'll stay for the game. When they jump ahead against Glastonbury, I'll leave. Well, Glastonbury goes up one nothing in the first. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to stay for the second. Because if they lose, now this is an upset. Now I got to write a story if they lose. And uh, then Northwest Catholic comes back, scores two goals. Um, no, 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 no. Glassbury went up two nothing. Then in the second, then Northwest scored two goals in a row to tie it. Then they score a third goal to take the lead, and I'm like, here we go. No, no, no. Glassbury ties it. Then Northwest dominates the third, dominates overtime, cannot get the puck in the net, ended in a three three tie. Uh, Look, I think Northwest Catholic is a very good team. Um, I also think Glastonbury is a <clears throat> is a good Division Two team, mm-hmm. but uh, 
I think that this Northwest Catholic team might be for real. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. They've been voted third in the poll the last two weeks. I haven't had them lower than seven, I think. Um, Maybe I buy into the stereotype a little bit. I hadn't seen them, and they hadn't beaten anybody. Yes, they beat New Canaan. I had New Canaan behind them, but they hadn't beaten anybody. And uh, But I think they have the drive to want to be great. They have a handful of kids who were on that team that went to the finals. You know, Brendan Horn was a freshman playing on the top line on that team. He's only a junior. He's got 18 points this year already. Um, Sean McCary and Tyler Esposito, two defensemen as seniors, were top four-minute defensemen on the team two years ago that went to the finals. So they have the guys. They have... They want to be there. They have the coaching, and we're just going to have to see what they can do when they actually start playing these teams. And you look at their schedule, you know, they got Hamden, they got Xavier. I mean, I think on total it's like six D1 big-time teams that they're going to face the rest of the way. Is that enough? Do you think that that's enough for them to be battle-tested enough to go into the D1 tournament? Could be. Uh, you know, they, you got talent like that. I mean, it's even some of those teams that they play up there aren't, you know, aren't, are, are solid enough you know they've they've got that experience like you say and that that program has done some incredible things over the last you know five six seven years you know just growing from start from a startup basically not quite a startup but i mean playing in d3 and and working their way Well, that was the thing i was looking at they went to the d3 finals in 2012 Mm -hmm. then 2013 now this is the spring so this is when the tournament is so 2012 they were in the d3 finals 2013 they're in d2 and then 2014 they're in d1 they, like, jumped, like, real quick. Now, whether or not you would argue that a Catholic school should be in Division One or a private school should be in Division One, as opposed to whatever, that's fine. That's a whole argument for another day. But then their first three years, out in the first round, out in the first round, out in the first round. There we then they make the run. Then they beat Simsbury last year. And then they get bumped by Greenwich, who goes to the who goes to the finals. So. Well, that was, that was the thing. I mean, I remember talking to, uh, to Don when, when they moved up, and, and, you know, just he said, you know, the, he— he was okay with moving up, but he wanted to make sure that, that they stayed there because, you know, it was, it was such a young group. He knew they were building something, and obviously that paid off when, when they went to – when they had that success. Well, that's a yeah. – But, you know, but, but they kept that up, and they've, they've kept that going, and they've, they've got a pretty nice little program. Yeah, they really do. And, and uh, Dan, his brother, is now the head coach. I like how they – he calls right. them co-coaches. Mm. Uh, they basically flip roles because uh, after, after the championship run, he stepped down, his brother Dan – Mellison took over since so his second year. So I got to see them, which was always good. And then that night, you were at the Lou in Hamden, right? And that's right. always a, a great game, Hamden versus Mount St. Charles. That was fun. It was, you know, two pretty solid programs, you know, run, running pretty deep and, and playing some, uh, you know, playing a lot of kids and, uh, you know, just just uh, just coming pretty good. It was, you know, it uh, Hamden played a pretty good first period. Uh, Mount wasn't happy at all. And then the Mount uh, came out in the second and just dominated. I think shots were 12-1 in that period. They were all over, and they scored a couple goals. And you know, I go, well, all right, now we'll see where this goes. And uh, early in the early in the third, uh, off a faceoff, AJ Ludi just gets gets lost in the circle. Bam scores, tie game, and all of a sudden it's a different game. Uh, he uh, he scores again late on a break on a breakaway. Uh, Michael Gethings uh, leads them. They get a bounce, and you know, like, like both coaches said, you know, you're, you kind of earn that. You know, you're, you're doing the right things. You're in the right spot. Gets that bounce, takes it in. Beautiful move, scores. 
and the mount just comes at them for the last three minutes, and they're especially six on five when they get the goalie out with a little under two to go. They're just coming at them. They're getting shots. They're getting scrambles. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure how many of them actually got to Donald Moorcroft, but they're just all over them. The, the the puck's just around the net the whole time. Hamden's laying out, blocking shots, getting in good position, blocking passes. They're they're moving the puck out. It it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of a lot of fun just to see the <laughs> kind of a scramble in a high, in a high school game and, and That's just like, the level that, that it was at. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, when those two programs go, I, I, whenever, and this is obviously when we cover games, we don't have a, you know, we don't have a dog in the, you know, we don't, we, whoever wins, it doesn't matter to us. We still have to do our job. But like watching like <clears throat> a one goal game, goalie pulled, and they're just basically running like a power play. But, like, you know, the defensive, all they're going to do is they're just going to keep clearing it, you know. But if they're keeping the puck in, they're, you know, uh, <clears throat> rotating it around the zone, getting shots, getting shots, getting it back. You're sitting there, <clears throat> and your heart rate's just going up. And you're like, oh, no. Like, are they going to make the save? Are they going to score? Are we going to go to overtime? And you kind of just start, like, freaking out mentally. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> deadline soon. But in your head, you're, like, freaking out. And, like, but on the outside, it's just like a, a stone-cold face. We're just like, hmm. But to let you know, deep down inside, we're, like, freaking out, too, because, like, just as a hockey fan, you're just like, you know, if you can score, you know, to tie the game late, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely chaos. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I remember I was on, again, we're talking about the Islanders a little bit. I was at an Islander game last year against Buffalo when Bailey scored within, with, like, six seconds left Mm -hmm. to send the game to overtime, and it was wild because, like, they pulled the goalie, they're up a man, they're rotating the puck well. One time, bang, tie game, and then Barzell won it in overtime. But anyway, just like those moments are just mm-hmm. so exciting. Um, and uh, coming up this week, uh, if you haven't yet, go over to GameTimeCT.com, check out Mike's uh, games to watch and you know some fine performers and uh, his notebook and basically all his really good coverage. Oh, and also read my story on the Roberts brothers from yes. Lyman Hall. Um, but there are some good games coming up this weekend. Uh, and then early next week. So what uh, what stands out to you there, Mike? Uh, the home and home, first and foremost. Uh, one versus two, Richfield versus Darien. That, uh, that'll that be fun. Uh, game uh, in Richfield today and – yeah. Today. Yeah, at the today. Winter Garden and, today. Uh, and at Darien tomorrow. Uh, you know, two top programs, and that uh, should be should be cool. Yeah. Uh, that That's probably the big thing. Yeah, no, that should definitely be an exciting one. You know, it's – interesting to see like I've seen Darian a couple of times I feel like every time I see coach Bud he's like why are you here I feel like I, I just see them so much um but it's gonna be interesting to see kind of where Darian ranks with with Richfield we've seen every team try to go up against Richfield these good programs and they just get knocked down so effortlessly by Richfield and not to say that Richfield doesn't try hard because they do and they they have a couple of really good lines. Uh, a very underrated goalie in Sean Gordon, who I don't know if he's underrated because he doesn't have to do much. Like, he hasn't been asked to do much yet. They haven't come across a game or a team where they're peppering him with shots constantly. I, again, I was talking to Todd before the the game against Richfield, and he's like, we like to get shots. We like to get shots. Like, you know, 40-plus shots a game. That's what they got against Greenwich when they blew him out. And uh, I would guess, and correct me if I'm wrong because you're keeping stats, I don't think Hampton had 20 shots against Richfield. I don't think so. Top of my head, I don't remember. What I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, think they did. It didn't feel like a lot, no. for sure. 
And uh, I think that's very, I think that says a lot about a lot of guys on Richfield that you might not know their names. That defense is, is probably underrated as well. <clears throat> oh, my I God, mean, yeah. Well, I mean, when you, when you got a top line like that, a lot of a lot of the rest of the guys are going to be underrated, but they are pretty they are pretty solid. Yeah. 28-17 mm-hmm. uh, were shots. 17. My box score, so. Nice. Way to go, Pete. There you go. I guess less than 20. Way to go, me. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Darian measures up with Ridgefield. Um, again, a home-and-home's hard. Uh, home-and-home. Yeah, well, I guess, exactly. yeah, it's a home-and-home. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Back-to-back Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, I won't be at either of them. Because I have either. prior obligations, but we'll but be we, here to we, talk about it. We haven't covered some. That's the yeah. important part. Yes, we will have people there. Uh, this is another interesting one. Saturday, Amity at Branford. Big D2, um, big D2 matchup. Have you seen both of these teams? I believe I so. Have, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah me too. We were, at, we were at them together. We were at that Branford game. Yeah. Um, and we saw Amity right. Newtown. Yeah. I didn't get to see too much of that. I was yeah, well, you were working, but, yeah. but I was watching. But, um yeah. It's going to be an interesting one. Teams. Yeah. I mean, I picked Amity at the beginning good. of the year mm. uh, to win it all. Me and Eric Dobratz of WTNH, so way to go, us. There you go. Um, but Brantford is something that interests me because I always feel like we're talking about them, we're talking about them, we're talking about them, and then they lay an egg. And obviously new kids, new team, this and this, but I think Brantford needs to come out because like even even the Cheshire game, there was a good portions of those games where Cheshire dominated play. Those first few minutes, yeah. And you kind of thought Cheshire was going to run away with it, but Brantford defense played really well. Uh, goalie's name, who's Jared Yakimov. There it is. He was on like some crazy shutout streak, didn't allow a goal to the end of the game. Um, so when you get that play, it kind of makes it easier to withstand that. It's going to be interesting to see whether. If they do that, if they open like that again against Amity, I, I don't know if that'll happen. True. They've got that firepower. They've, they've come up with big goals through the course of this uh, early run here, for sure. So, I mean, it, look, that's going to be a good one. Uh, Farmington Valley's at Glastonbury. Classic uh, north part of the state game. Uh, and then Northwest Catholic uh, is playing host to Notre Dame West Haven up at the International Skating Center of the other letter C. I don't know okay. what it stands okay. for. Connecticut. Connecticut. Uh, by the way, if you're when you're leaving and you're coming back south, <clears throat> you're gonna get to a fork in the road. You're gonna say Thank north you. on on one eighty seven, or south on one eighty nine. Go south on one eighty nine. If you go north, you're gonna end up by Bradley Airport. That's what I did the other night. Makes sense. It was dark out. I was looking at my GPS. Which way? Which way did you think you were going? I couldn't see the signs. Oh, okay. Until like it was too late, and I had all a car right, behind right, me. Okay, I feel better now. So I didn't want to like pull like a like a, like a really sure. dangerous move. It's like I get the map out here. We'll yeah, we're gonna start drawing. Yeah, it's just a little box. There's a little and thing I'll, in the corner, but you don't have to. Worry <clears> about I was like driving up. I'm like, where am I? And all of a sudden, I see like airport parking, and I'm looking over, and like there's the airport. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, all right, here we go, another hour home. Great. Um, it's just it's gonna be interesting. Trinity Catholic uh, is hitting the ice on uh, Monday against Hand. Hopefully, they're all. Healthy. Um, they had the flu. Mike and I were we, planning on going yeah. to see them on Monday. And uh, the game got postponed because of the flu running mm-hmm. rampant in the locker room. Which, so. thank you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, um, I didn't. I don't need the flu. I was anxious to see Wilton actually. Be yeah, Wilton too. 4-0 and 1. That start. Uh, John? Nice. And they've got, uh, they've got staples on Saturday. Which you know, we got to reach out to John, the coach over at Wilton. Him and I... Uh, 
he went to Sacred Heart mm. with a bunch of friends of mine. Oh, nice. Where I think we're, we're him and I are the same age. But fast forward or fast fast forward from college, but back a couple of years, we actually played in a uh, charity hockey game together. Nice. Yeah, and uh, good dude. Uh, I don't even know he was the willing. <laughs> I had been so disconnected from FCX hockey the past couple of years that I didn't even know he took the job at Wilton, mm-hmm. and he's done an absolutely amazing job uh, with the Warriors since I last covered them. So shout out to him and the Warriors. Maybe I'll go see them next week. Maybe we'll try and track John down nice. uh, for an interview. We could talk about our uh, our cool time playing in that charity game. No, John is <laughs> a very good hockey player, much better than I am. And um, then, you know, it always feels like we're talking about Richfield. They always have so many games lined up. They got New Canaan on Tuesday. And uh, what does your little note say? Three of Richfield's first five FCAC games. Darianne on Friday. New Canaan Tuesday. And then Greenwich the week after. And that doesn't include playing Darianne a second time. Because the FCAC schedule doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. That's, that's Ridgefield, Darien. No, Sat- Ridgefield. Sat- Saturday's the non-league game. Yeah, but I mean, they're still playing Darien. Oh, true. Yes. So I mean, that's a that's a hard, hard schedule. See, I got, I got the league master schedules this week, so I was very excited about throwing those in the notebook and stuff like that. Ah, uh, good, good. Just a little side note. I know I've done my fair share of complaining about the FCX schedule, and Ridgefield took it to Staples. Granted, they won nine nothing. The score wasn't what stood out. It was something like Richfield was out shooting Staples like forty to eight going into the third period. But you know, and I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm gonna go on the pod and I'm gonna rip the FCX schedule and ba ba ba. And then West Hill Stanford goes out and beats Greenwich eight to five. So obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. Any given day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, I so, think what, so West Hill Stanford leads the FCAC uh, standings four points. But Lyman Hall beat West Hill Stanford, so does that mean that Lyman Hall is a top-five team in the state? Possible. <laughs> man who get, beat the man get, who beat the man. Yeah, we just got to get the board out, it's like, like Charlie. Fordham was national champion. I love that. Yeah, exactly. We got to get, like, uh, like Charlie and Always Sunny. Just start connecting all the dots across of who's better than who. Um. But, yeah, there are a lot of good games this weekend. Uh, we don't know. We Our guest next week is uh, to be determined. Uh, we don't know yet. But uh, thanks for listening. Go out, see some games. Any final words, Mike? I think you got it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Do-do-do.